I'm here to open your mind and close the gap between the 99 and 1% of the world. I truly believe that the reason the 1% of the world has all of the wealth is simply because they realized wealth has little to do with money and way more to do with your mindset. If you don't believe me, you're in the right place. My name's Lynn Fink, and welcome to Wealthy Mindset Moves. Hey guys, happy Wealthy Wednesday. Welcome back to Wealthy Mindset Moves podcast. I just first wanted to say thank you guys so much for all of the love. It has been truly incredible launching this podcast. And I mean, we're literally just getting started. Like we are just getting started here. It is going to be a journey. We are not looking for any sort of destination here. We are just looking to grow and get better every single day. So thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Um, So today's episode, I wanted to talk about my past and where I've come from. The first and foremost reason is I want you guys to be able to relate to me. Maybe some of you will, maybe some of you won't, but I think you'll be able to learn something or at least have some part of it relate to you. But I personally think, how can you guys trust me to be a guide on your self-development journey, on your mindset journey, if I don't tell you where I have been, if I don't tell you about the beautiful, ugly truth of my past. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of my past is not pretty. I actually don't remember a lot of my childhood because of, you know, my brain helping protect me from, you know, traumatic things that have happened. I also wanted to do this to be able to fully let go of the past. I have told different parts of my story so many times, and I'm personally done reliving the trauma. I do, however, want a space to have all of the information from my past, one, to be able to share it with people, you know, whether that be friends or family that may have not known exactly what I have been through, but also a spot for me just to look back on and to see how far I've come. Something that I've learned from journaling is that to be able to process something and to get it off of your mind, journaling really helps with this because it puts everything onto paper. So it takes it out of your mind and onto paper so you can always go back and look at it, but it makes it safe for your mind to let go of that information and having it as like a constant cycle in your head. So this is where I'll be sending people when they want to hear about my past and stuff like that. So I can, you know, let go and move on because I've learned a lot from it. And the biggest thing is, is that this is my view, my point of view on what happened in my life. I have struggled over the past five years in my social media journey with sharing my story because of, um, people that are my family, um, especially my parents feeling like it's not the truth, but this is my truth. This is what I've lived. This is the truth that I have lived. And it's not to drag anybody's name or anything like that, because the biggest lesson, and I want to say this before I go over everything, is that our parents are only using the tools that they have, okay? 
so our um, self-development and mindset work is so disposable now with social media, but we have to remember that social media is still brand new. Okay. Our parents didn't grow up with this and they only have the tools that they had. So as many things as I'm going to say in this episode, I don't regret any of my past. I don't want to change any of my past because it made me exactly who I am today. And there's a purpose and a lesson for everything. And I knew early in my development journey that I felt like my purpose was having to learn hard lessons so other people wouldn't have to. So that's a huge other reason I wanted to start with my past. So without further ado, let's get into exactly what I want to talk about. Before we get into today's episode, I had to tell you guys about this podcast because if you're listening to this one, you will love For the Girls podcast hosted by Victoria Lario, my very own confidence coach. It's a podcast for girls who want more out of life and are ready to start asking for it. Victoria's mission with her work is to help her listeners and clients stop settling for the minimum and start raising the bar and believing that you can have it all. I'm also a member of the Confidence Club, Victoria's membership that offers high value coaching at a low ticket price. Members get daily coaching via group chat and a live call every single month. What I love about the Confidence Club is the community that we're building. Think your besties chat, but without all the gossip and toxic negativity that you sometimes find in there. This is truly a group of women that is looking to level up in life. And guys, all of our lives are different and we're going through so many different things, but the way we relate is insane. So I have been recommending it to all of my friends because no matter how busy your schedule is with work, school, or kids, this program is a game changer and was designed with you in mind. It's for the girls who want to grow at their own pace, take the pressure off a private coaching setting and weekly call commitments, learn alongside a supportive community of like-minded besties and gain an unlimited amount of insight and mentorship at an affordable rate. So become your 2.0 self with me and check out the For the Girls podcast and the Confidence Club at the link in my show notes. Okay, so the way I am laying out this episode is basically a timeline because I said I don't really remember everything. I'm going to go over what I do remember through those years. So my first one to four years, I really don't remember anything besides what people tell me. My aunts and uncles tell me that I have been self-sufficient since I was four years old, basically taking care of myself in various ways. And there is also this story that my mom tells me about one time her and my dad had the flu so bad, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't get up and do anything. And I literally sat there for four hours, silent, just watching Barney, like the best baby. So that's my one to four years for you. Five to 10 years, I'm going to admit, this is kind of fuzzy for me as well. Things that I do remember is I was always very shy and I was scared to sleep over at people's houses. I would try to, but then I would get really scared and call my mom and want to go home. My mom also told me when I wanted to go to summer camp or maybe talked about it or my aunt mentioned because my cousins always went to sleepaway camp um, that I wouldn't like it 
because I would miss home too much, which yes, in her mind was probably true, but also too, it would have been nice to be pushed out of my comfort zone and maybe tried something new. I did go to day camp. I didn't really have friends there. I had one friend. um, I don't know. I was just a very shy kid. I was always very in my head, very insecure. My mother is also very vocal about her insecurities. It's not that she never empowered me because she did. She always told me that I was going to be the most beautiful and have all of these boyfriends, X, Y, and Z. And when I guess the way my brain works, when that just wasn't happening and that wasn't true, I thought something was wrong with me. And it's nothing against my mother because, again, we're all using the tools that we have. And my mom has her own insecurities. But, you know, that's just kind of where it came from. I also remember this like really weird story. Again, sorry, mom. I feel like I'm going to be saying that a lot this episode. And I really shouldn't. I shouldn't apologize for my truth. But I specifically remember one time I was playing out on the driveway with my friends and my mom yelled out my window because my window was above our driveway and was like, Lindsay, Lindsay, some boy just called for you and said he liked you. And I was like, what? And she was like, I don't know, some boy called for you. And in my head, I was like, that's so weird. Like, guys don't usually talk to me. I remember in fourth grade, some guy called me fat as an elephant that I really like. So I knew this wasn't true. Like I knew some guy wasn't calling to say this. And I went inside to ask my mom who it was. And she said, oh, it was nobody. I was just saying that to make you look cool, which made me feel very icky. Now, I understand my mother's good intentions with this now having worked on my mindset. But years ago, this was so weird to me. Like I was probably somewhere like 10, between 10 and 12, let's just say. Like I was definitely in elementary school. And I just remember feeling that that was so weird. I remembered not wanting to lie to people. And I remember saying like, I'm just going to go out there and tell them the truth, which ended up making me feel more embarrassed. So I don't know, just funny the way I like remember weird things of my past. Um, Another thing that I remembered when I turned 10 was that um, everybody was saying it's double digits, double digits, you're turning double digits. And my grandmom called me and she wanted to talk to me. And my mom would always tell me what to say to them and my family, whoever I was talking to. And I think that has a lot to do with people-pleasing tendencies, which I didn't know at the time, but it's crazy looking back and even just talking about this stuff with you guys. I'm like, whoa, like it's so crazy to see the mindset gaps that, you know, if my mom had worked on these things in an earlier stage in her life, maybe she wouldn't have said comments like that, which is totally fine. But, you know, again, I'm glad that all of this happened because it's helped me on this journey, learn about things and how people's minds work. And, you know, again, it wasn't bad intentions, but in my eyes, the intentions were bad because then I was more embarrassed, you know? So let's move on to, years 10 to 16. Okay. I 
middle school kind of started growing up. I remember being just overweight and just not caring about my body. I had a horrible relationship with food, which I think goes back to the comment that I made when my mom would tell me that I was going to be so beautiful, all of these things. I didn't look beautiful in the mirror to myself because, you know, society standards and whatnot. Also, my mother was like skinny, big boobs. Everybody thought she was hot and I just did not have big boobs. I wasn't skinny and I didn't think I was hot. So there's just that. Um, and I just remember in middle school being really uncomfortable. I remember I can like think back onto this like big SpongeBob t-shirt I would wear and these like navy blue flare pants. Like I had the weirdest clothes like and I remember one time I when Hollister ended up being cool I remember going shopping with my mom and she was like bitching about money and all of this stuff money was always such a poor topic spoken about in our household my parents were horrible with their money and they just spent whatever always talked about how much debt we were in but you know when growing up we would be getting takeout all the time you know getting instant gratification and again this goes back to just ways that they made themselves feel good which later bled into me and my brothers but this is again why I love my upbringing as bad as it was because I have now learned so many lessons and yes I am digging myself out of holes that I have put myself in with, um, with the help of you know how I was raised but one quote that has always stuck to me has been it's not your fault for where you're at, but it is your responsibility to change it. So I could bitch and complain about my past all I want. And I've done that in the past and I will go into that, but it does nothing but create a shell of a person of who you were because you are just keeping your brain in that pattern of repeating the past because what you resist persists and your brain doesn't know the difference of what happened in the past and you thinking about it today. You're basically just reliving that trauma and keeping your brain in this vicious cycle. So anyway, awkward middle school years, whatever. Year 16 is where it gets interesting, okay? So I am a Jewish woman. I dropped out of Hebrew school when I was younger. I basically cried, complaining that I didn't want to go. And now through my newfound faith with Jesus, I realized that I think I internally always knew something didn't sit right with me, not in a negative way, because I'm very proud to be Jewish, but that's a whole nother conversation in itself. And I'm don't want to get into it right now. But year 16, I decided that I wanted to have a sweet 16. Now, I was just telling you about the financial issues that my parents had. You think that they would be smart and say that we couldn't afford it, which, you know, I probably would have bitched and complained about because you know, I was a little bit of a spoiled brat when I was growing up because of my parents giving instant gratification to themselves. Of course, that's what they did with me and my brothers. They, I don't want to think you guys to think that they raised us with bad values because they really didn't. They always raised us on the golden rule, but the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So if you're not really set in all areas of your life, which my parents definitely weren't in the mindset and development and financial development areas 
then, you know, it can lead to, it can lead to not so good outcomes. So anyway, I have this sweet 16 and I feel like it's going to do something for me. I feel like I'm going to feel really accepted. I feel like this is going to make me more popular. I was still in a very insecure era and I got these really cool tickets printed out that, um, were looked like like literally like concert tickets for my invitations. I gave them out to so many people. We got this venue. We had catered food. It was actually really, really nice. And a lot of people didn't show up, especially the guy that I had a crush on didn't show up and that crushed me, but that's neither here nor there. But looking back on it, I was in such a bad mindset at that party. I didn't even let myself fully have fun because of who didn't come. I wasn't appreciative for who was actually there. And I have people to this day still come up to me and say that they still have the hoodies that I gave out for my sweet 16. And what's really sad is I don't even still have one of those hoodies. So if anybody has one still, let me know. I will buy it off of you because... I want that as a memory. I didn't save it, probably because I didn't feel sentimental to it because of everything that happened. But anyway, fast forward. So I got my also my learner's permit on, on my 16th birthday or like the day after. And I remember, guys, I threw a fit because my birthday was on a Monday and the DMV was closed that day. So I had to wait till the next day. And there was also some holdup with my physical and I freaked out and made my dad figure something out so I can get it and get my permit so quickly because I knew I needed to drive. Like I was sick of what I was dealing with in my household because between those years of 10 to 16, I realized my mother was an alcoholic. I didn't realize why she would be weird at night. It was always a thing. She would be amazing during the day, best mom ever. And then at night, her, her whole personality would change. And I didn't know why this was. And one night my parents were in a huge fight. They were screaming at each other. This was unlike anything that I ever saw. I saw terror in my dad's eyes. I remember looking down from our balcony to our foyer and my mom had like torn through my dad's polo shirt and he was running out to call the cops because he kept telling me to call the cops, but I was too scared. And the one time that I did try to call My mom strangled my wrists and threw the phone in the sink and um, drowned the phone so we couldn't call. But my dad ended up calling on his cell phone. Anyway, um, she tackles him on the front lawn and he tells her the cops are coming and she runs inside and is like screaming, freaking out. And I go outside. I'm freaking out. I have no idea what's going on. And my dad looks at me and he goes, do you understand what's going on? And I said, no. And he said, your mother's drunk. And all of a sudden I was, I was in sixth grade at this point, all of a sudden my like whole last few years of my life were put into perspective. I understand now why my mom was weird at night. I understood what was going on. And this also started the journey of me and my dad's interventions for my mom, because my mom, if you guys have experienced alcohol addictions or 
alcohol. My mom's also on antidepressants. So those two things just don't mix well. And I don't want to put a negative picture of my mom because, you know, she suffers from alcoholism and that sucks. Like I couldn't imagine suffering from alcohol addiction. I suffered. I'm surprised that I even was able to quit quit smoking cigarettes when I did. And I still constantly struggle with vaping. And in a later episode, I'll get into why um, today, actually, when I'm recording this episode is actually my, the, this day, two years ago, October 9th, was the last day that I ever got drunk or um, had a drink because I didn't have a good relationship with alcohol and I didn't want to end up like my mom. So I feel really bad for my mom and what she's going through, but you know, I can't be the one to save her. That's up to her. But this is when it was put into perspective and this is when the journey of the intervention started. It was, you know, me and my dad constantly telling her to stop drinking. We've taken her to rehab a few times. She was in a halfway house for seven months, which I'm going to get into later in the timeline. But, you know, alcohol alcoholism is not to be messed with. I think the way that drinking is promoted is not good because I mean, I was, and we're going to get right back into year 16. I was a 16 year old getting wasted in my parents' basement every single weekend because guess what? My mom was an alcoholic. So, and my dad was a pushover because no matter what, he wasn't leaving my mother. And I could get, I could take advantage because guess what? I was a good student. I went to school on time. One time my parents literally bought me a TV because when I was in, it was either fifth or sixth grade, I got myself up every single morning and walked myself to the bus stop and got to like school on my own every single morning. Everybody was still sleeping in my household, my parents, my brothers, and I would just, you know, get up and go myself. So they rewarded me for my responsibility. So I think in my mind, I always wanted to be going above and beyond and being even more self-sufficient because I thought I got rewarded for it. So this is where I started having parties every single weekend. I also met my ex-boyfriend in this time and we had a very toxic relationship. He cheated on me all the time. And it's not that he didn't love me because I truly know deep down that he did love me and cared for me, but the man had his own issues. And this is not something I realized at the time. But he had his own issues and me and him were very trauma bonded at this point. And being 16 and meeting my first love was like insane. Like I can't tell you guys just like the next chunk of this from 16 to 21 is when I dated him and I learned so much about myself, but I will say I didn't process how much I learned about myself up until I started doing the self-development when I turned 25. So that's just crazy because I literally spent eight years of my life being mad at him for a lot of things that I've dealt with. Because in this time, in this time frame from 16 to 21, I was partying every single weekend. Me and my ex would have our friends over and we would all be wasted, getting high, smoking cigarettes in my basement. My dad would try to get mad at me and I would just be like, well, mom gets wasted all the time and she's here half the time. I was 
manipulating my mom. So she would buy me alcohol, which also was really shitty because I would also curse her out in front of my friends and tell her to go to bed and, you know, treat her like shit because this was my defense mechanism because I was so hurt. Like I am only a girl. I need my mother. I live in a house full of men that, you know, I feel like are so bonded together because my brothers only grew up two years apart and me and my middle brother are six years apart and me and my littlest brother are eight years apart. So I always felt alone. I always felt like they got more than I did. And me and my brothers, as close as we are now, we always talk about how different our childhoods were and how much like they remember that is different from what I remember. And it's actually crazy to look back on. But the thing that we always say is if we grew up with a silver spoon in our mouth, we would have been spoiled brats and we needed to go through what we went in through in life to humble ourselves and to really grow into who we are. And, you know, I said this to my mom a few months ago because I just don't want any any smoke. I don't want any drama, you know, even though I don't want a relationship with her. I thank her so much for everything and my dad for all of their mistakes, because if it wasn't because of all of that, me and my brothers would not be as close as we are, have the relationship that we do. And I know there are probably people out there that think the same thing about their family, but like me and my brothers literally talk about anything and everything. And they are two of my best friends. Like I couldn't thank God for better brothers. Um, it's just, it really is truly incredible. But anyway, back to 16 to 21. So during this time, I got broken up with a lot. I got cheated on a lot. I partied a lot. I was insecure a lot because guys, being in a relationship for that long, getting broken up with like a few times. And I'll probably go into a whole nother episode on just like how you can think about your toxic relationships in a different way, because I've truly reflected on my relationship with him in the past. And it is just so crazy how much that I realized was my fault. Now, did he make mistakes? Yes. Is it my fault he made those mistakes? No, we both made our own mistakes. But my mindset and the constant reliving the past was something that kept our relationship at a standstill for forever and why it was never going to work. But so much growth. There was so much love, so much fun, so much trauma with my family in this period was, um, you know, the time when I was talking about earlier, my mom went into a halfway house. She had gotten two DUIs, one being with my brothers in the car, which led her to getting arrested and getting court-ordered rehab and court-ordered halfway housing. And my brothers had a social worker. And it was definitely a weird time. I don't remember everything in crazy detail because I was very wrapped up in my ex at this time. I hear a lot about this from my brothers just because they had to deal with the social workers a lot more since I was 16. I did not since I could make my own choices. But during the time when my mom was in the halfway house, it was the first time that me, my dad, and my brothers lived together, just us three. And immediately I saw how much my mom really did used to do. 
she used to do a lot of the cleaning. Sometimes it was, you know, drunk at 3 a.m. And sometimes she would ruin my yoga pants with bleach, but that's neither here nor there. Um, But I realized how cleanly she was and just how nice our house looked. But what I also realized was how drama free it was while she was gone, how close my dad and brothers got because my brothers weren't that close with my dad um, up until this point. And even when we went to court to see my mom, even though I was still very bitter towards her and had a lot of resentment, I look back, looking back on it now, I remember like how excited my mom was and how like much better she seemed. And on February 15th, I don't remember the exact year, but it was right at that time when, um, My mom came home from the halfway house. It was the day she graduated and she was coming home. And I was actually out to dinner with my ex for Valentine's Day because we both worked on Valentine's Day and we had just gotten back to his house. And I had gotten a call from my dad and he was saying how he loved me and he sounded really tired and I was just like, hey, like, are you tired? Like, do you want to just call me back in the morning? Because he was talking about like how he was stressed with my mom being home. And um, she told me she um, was drinking. So that just like, you know, set him over the edge. And when I said, you know, you sound really tired. Do you want me to call you back in the morning? He said, I don't know if you'll be able to. And Immediately, I started crying. My ex sees this and he said, get in my car. We're going to your house. So we get in the car and I'm screaming on the phone because my dad like stops answering me. I'm calling my littlest brother and I'm telling him to go into my dad's room and I get home and my mom's on top of my dad screaming, what did you take? What did you take? And I'm freaking out because I'm pissed at her that she's drunk. I am telling her to get the fuck off of him. I'm screaming at my dad, asking what's going on. And he is saying that he wants to die. And he's saying he doesn't want to live and he doesn't want to be here anymore. So we call the cops. Well, my ex actually calls the cops and oh my goodness, my poor ex. I mean, I think back on this night and he was just asking us the questions that the cops were asking and me and my mom just kept screaming things at him and we're like, just get them here, just get them here. Like it was so wild. And when they finally got there, they were, you know, asking my dad questions and I was like, you need to take him to the hospital because I didn't know what was going on. I thought he like took some pills or whatever. and. Then he said to them, like in front of them, like that he, I was like, you were just saying that you wanted to die. And he goes, I do want to die. I don't want to be here anymore. It's too stressful. I'm like so poor, like all of these like negative things. And they ended up 302ing him. So the next day I come to find out my dad calls me and he's in the hospital at this point and he's crying saying that he's so sorry he doesn't really want to die he basically took a bunch of sleeping pills and knew he was going to wake up the next day and i told him i'm like 
you called me like you definitely wanted help like you definitely made a mistake and you didn't want to you know go through with it but when they ended up taking him to the state hospital he also ended up overdosing his insulin on his pump because my dad is a type 1 diabetic and this was actually the second time he's tried to commit suicide because he also did when he was 13 when he first got it if you guys don't know about diabetes it is so crazy on your body and anybody that gets diagnosed with it now like i understand how hard it is but be so grateful at how much technology has changed because having diabetes for the length that my dad has i mean he is 67 now and he's had it since he was 13 when he got it guys they couldn't even do like they didn't have pumps they didn't have blood strips or anything like that a blood test from the hospital would take two days to come back and i was like okay dad so how were you testing your blood sugar then and he said he would have to test his urine like i couldn't imagine having to go through that at that age and i understand 100 percent why my dad felt like he needed to do that because he was weak-minded and you know that's a lot to be put on a 13 year old and again you know your healing and your growth comes from inner child trauma so that was childhood trauma now that it again is coming up so much later in his life because he has something else a huge bomb in his life being dropped so anyway that I don't know if that's something you guys want to hear more details on or anything like that, but um, that was definitely a scary time in my life. This definitely um, put a lot of scarcity on me. I, um, you know, when I lived with my dad, um, we ended up saying, you know, he can't live with my mom, basically. It got to the point where I made the decision for my parents to get divorced and it's literally a running joke with me and my dad. He's like, you know how sometimes kids feel like at blame for their parents' divorce, but they're really not. And I was like, yeah, he goes, you actually are. And it's like a joke because he's basically saying like, I was too weak to do what had to be done. And I told him what had to be done. And this is where I took on a lot in life. I really became a parent even more so than I already had been because my dad had stopped paying the mortgage on the house because he didn't want to live with my mom anymore. He also had bad finances. So, you know, he just took the easy way out and, you know, crumbled his debt and didn't want to live there anymore. And he ended up living with my one aunt while my brothers were in foster care with my other aunt thank god god bless her soul like i'll tell you what because if she never became their foster mother my parent my brothers might be lost in the system or something like they might have had like such a different life because they went in when they were 10 and 13 so that's crazy like that is so crazy what they've had to go through. And I just like love my brother so much, but I do think it was like the best thing for them. And, you know, my parents were deemed unfit. So my mom still lived in our childhood home and I did too, but it was getting ridiculous. Like 
she would get drunk and like come in my room and like we would get into fights. She's destroyed my room. There was times that I literally lived with my ex for like a semester of college because I couldn't stand it. And that like ruined our relationship too. It's just so many things were just happening where I was just like, we need to get out of here. You're not paying the mortgage. Our house is getting foreclosed on. Like, let's get out. Let his get out. So we ended up moving into a three bedroom and I was paying my dad a thousand dollars a month in rent. And I was a server guys. Like I wasn't anything fancy. I had been serving ever since I was 18 years old and at 20 years old to be paying my dad a thousand dollars a month in rent along with my healthcare and my other bills was actually crazy, but it made me feel so responsible, but I also got super entitled and this is the start of when I became super resentful because I was now living with my dad and two brothers and my dad was making me a parent. He would literally say to me, your brothers aren't listening to me. Can you talk to them because they'll listen to you? And I remember saying, I am not their mother. And my family has always been reactive and yelling and that's how we responded to each other and talked to each other. So I got in a era of explosive behavior. I was still working really hard, making my own money, but I was also partying a lot again. Um, you know, since me and my ex were broken up, he used to not like me smoking weed. And I, you know, started my huge pothead era. I remember every Sunday night, me and my friends would literally get done work, go to the dive bar, down the street because it was half priced for people in the industry. We would get wasted and then we would drive to the diner, get high in the parking lot and go eat a bunch of food. And then we would sleep at my house and sleep till like 3 PM. Like I thought just because I was working hard and paying my bills that I was being responsible, but I just really wasn't. And this is really how I spent a lot of years of my life. I spent a lot of it um, when me and my ex broke up because he ended up uh, dating one of my friends, which was just crazy. I'm so glad it happened at the end of the day because I never would have moved on from him. I mean, God bless this girl for being such a bad friend and doing this because I would have never moved on from him and learned so much about myself. But my only mistake was, is that I spent so much of it being angry and talking crap on the relationship rather than just focusing on the lessons that I learned and becoming a better version of myself. Um, because I was basically spending my life just surviving and on autopilot and just taking care of myself. I didn't want to go to college because I never thought I was going to be able to pay for it. And I didn't want to be in all that debt because I didn't even know what I wanted to do with my life. And I'm so glad that everything worked out as it did. Um, I was resentful getting to see my brothers go to college, but truly now looking back, like I am so glad everything happened as it did because I wouldn't be here right now talking to you guys, being able to relate to you about these things. So around 25, I was working at a restaurant and I was very miserable. I was in a weird health era where I went vegan for a few years and I my main reason was to lose weight. I wanted to lose weight 
And I did. And I also think that I gained what I thought was a better relationship with food, but realized I just liked my skinniness. But I didn't realize like I was operating from all ego and I still was feeling unfulfilled. I was like, damn, am I really going to be a server for the rest of my life? And I was, this was the point where I was completely settling. I remember having thoughts of, damn, this is just the rest of my life. People have amazing lives, but that's just not me. Like, this is just what my life is. And I'm going to have to be okay with that. And I ended up taking what I call a fuck it vacation to Florida with my friends because my um, friend was living with her now fiance's mom at the time. And she had a house in Florida. So we all went on vacation. I had no money to be doing this, but I said, fuck it. And this is when I actually started my network marketing journey, which we will get into the next episode, which I am going to talk about my journey of starting my self-development and really what it looked like going through that process for the last five years. And then the episode after that is going to be talking about where I really see this podcast going, where I see myself helping people and how this podcast is really going to help you. So if you like this episode, guys, please rate it and subscribe share it on your story, tag me in it. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at I am, or not I am, that's my old one. Sorry guys. At it's Lynn's Fink. Also same on TikTok. And then also follow the podcast Instagram at Wealthy Mindset Moves Podcast. And I cannot wait to connect with you guys. If you have anything that you want answered about mindset, please feel free to DM me and we will talk next time. Thank you guys so much. And I will see you next Wednesday.